What's going on, folks? Welcome to it. This is episode 24 of Internal Budget. Just like I am every week, Brandon Mackey coming at you here, staff writer for Silver7Sends.com. And for some reason, the guy who has followed the Ottawa Senators for most of his life. For the Ottawa Senators in particular, it was one of, if not the biggest week in franchise history. We'll start this off with the most pressing news, of course. On Friday, the National Hockey League draft lottery took place. Ottawa had the best overall chances of obtaining this year's first overall selection. Standout uh, winger for the Ramuski Oceanic, Alexis Lafreniere. Ottawa did not end up with Alexis Lafreniere. An unnamed, undecided team that is going to be competing in the NHL's Stanley Cup playoff play-in won the services of Alexis Lafreniere. (sighs) What do you even say about this? Like, what what can I possibly have to contribute of value to something so moronic Something so stupid and yet totally foreseeable and preventable. The NHL cannot get out of its own way. And before I get too angry here, let me make it clear. I am not dissatisfied with Ottawa's positioning in the draft by any means. They're picking third overall and they're picking fifth overall. That is amazing. That is a home run, grand slam, walk off in the bottom of the ninth in the World Series. It is a fantastic situation to be in. They're guaranteed to get one of Quinton Byfield or Tim Stutzel. And at five, they'll be able to take another player, perhaps even a Lucas Raymond. If not, a Jamie Drysdale or a Marco Rossi. Either way, the Senators are getting two franchise-altering players at the upcoming draft. But here's where I have a bone to pick with this whole lottery system. Let's say that the San Jose Sharks first-rounder that Ottawa owns was lottery-protected. Or let's say Ottawa didn't have it at all. It was Ottawa's own pick that dropped to fifth. Think about how bad the Ottawa Senators have been for the last three years. Really think about how abysmal, how awful this team has been to watch. Really think about how all the hopes 
of this franchise were essentially pinned on this draft for the foreseeable future. Even going back a couple years ago, people were talking about Alexi Lafreniere. And imagine a world where Ottawa's one top 10 pick, one lottery pick, drops down to fifth. And the very best pick, a guy who, by all metrics, projects projects to be a generational talent. Comparisons to Sidney Crosby. And he is going to land on a team like the Montreal Canadiens. Or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Or the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is a joke. It is an absolute clown show. That a play-in team is going to get Lafreniere. And you cannot tell me. That the league was not hoping this would happen. I am not suggesting that there is some vast conspiracy in play. To land Alexi Lafreniere on a better team than a lottery squad. But, if you go back and look at the probabilities of this lottery. The chances of a a play-in team getting Lafreniere were actually fairly high. And... Now, instead of doing one NHL Draft Lottery TV special, the NHL gets to do two. At the end of the night, on Friday, the NHL got their to-be-continued. Tune in next week to find out. What is? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm not even speaking purely as a fan of the Ottawa Senators here. Did I want Alexi Lafreniere to end up in Ottawa? Hell yes, I did. Unapologetically. But what about the Detroit Red Wings? Who had the worst season in decades. And they get bumped to fourth overall? Hello? How does this help create parity within the league? The only reason this is a comfortable situation for Sense fans is because they have the two picks. And one of them was lucky enough to land in the top three. But look at the winners of the past few draft lotteries. The New Jersey Devils have won two in the last ten years. The Edmonton Oilers have won 50. Where's the parity coming from? How does Alexi Lafreniere ending up on a team that is for all intents and purposes capable of competing for a Stanley Cup help anything in this league? Do you know what a homegrown French-Canadian superstar going to the Ottawa Senators 
would have done for this market. Do you know what Steve Iserman and the Detroit Red Wings landing a player of this caliber would have helped to revitalize that rebuild? This is insane. If you're going to do a lottery with no actual consideration for what happens on the ice and you are going to base it on what's the best scenario to pull TV ratings, don't do it. Just base the draft selection on the standings. Preserve some of the integrity of the sport. If you're going to do a lottery, have it benefit the teams that need the lottery picks. I said it from the get-go. A play-in team getting a chance to nab Lafreniere is absurd. A play-in team even having a chance to jump into the top three, the top five, is absurd. Why are the seven teams that didn't that don't even get a chance to play for a chance to play for the Stanley Cup? Why are those the teams getting hosed here? If you want to create parity. It's so unbelievably counterintuitive to the actual on-ice product. It's frustrating. And it's not frustrating just because I'm a fan of the Ottawa Senators. It's, a fr- it's frustrating because I'm a fan of hockey. I understand you don't want to benefit tanking. I get it, but this is what we call an overcorrection, because sure, you may have eliminated the benefits of tanking, but now you have no benefits for the low team, for the lowest teams in the league. Now you have teams like Ottawa and Detroit who are hot garbage on ice. They can't even get the superstar players they need to boost their rebuild. Ottawa got lucky because of the Eric Carlson trade. But look at the cost. The Eric Carlson trade. Ottawa had to trade the best player they've ever had. And even then, it took some serious multiple strokes of dumb luck. To land them where they are right now. Nobody anticipated San Jose falling to the basement of the league this year. So if they didn't have that pick. And Ottawa was only had the 5th overall selection in this year's draft. Still a great player. But not an Alexi Lafreniere. Not even a Quinton Byfield or a Tim Stutzel. Which is what they need. And, And guess what? Again. I'm a broken record here. Because I said this from the beginning. If you are a play-in team, you're in the playoffs. You can call it a play-in. You can call it a play-out. You can call it a play-side-to-side. I don't care. It's the playoffs. Because you are playing for an opportunity to move to the next round, and the next round, and the next round, and win the Stanley Cup. And don't give me this, oh, but it's just simulating the stretch run of the season. No, it's not. They are organized series for a chance to move on. That is playoff hockey. 
And I guarantee you that if and when these play-in rounds get started, they will be branded as playoff hockey. To generate the TV ratings. I don't want to sound like I'm an emotional, bitter, pissed off fan of the Ottawa Senators. That's munching on sour grapes because my team isn't getting Alexi Lafreniere. That's not what this is about. Truthfully, I didn't expect to get him. I expected it to be a Detroit or an LA. And I would have been A-OK with one of those teams landing him. That's the lottery. Sometimes the odds don't fall in your favor. Seems like that happens more to Sens fans, but that's neither here nor there. This should not be happening. It's bad for the league. It makes the sport look stupid. And it hurts teams that needed this pick. That this was their year to turn things around. And again, for Ottawa... I fully believe that this will be their year to turn things around. Quinton Byfield and Tim Stutzel, they're not as talented as Alexi Lafreniere. But being guaranteed one of those guys, you can't ask for better than that. You have Byfield, who I've talked about a lot. He's a huge center with a great amount of skill, and he's so young. And so raw that his ceiling is sky high. I think he has the highest ceiling in this draft. I'm not a scout. I don't claim to be an expert on prospects. But that's how I feel. And Tim Stutzel, in my mind, if Alexi Lafreniere is the most pro-ready player in the draft, and he is then Tim Stutzel is the second most pro-ready player in the draft. The skill that this kid has is unbelievable. Names like Patrick Kane, Marion Hossa have been thrown around in reference to him. Ottawa cannot go wrong with that third overall pick. And now, with the fifth, you really have some room to make some cool things happen. Let's say Quinton Byfield goes at number two, even though there's a good amount of people that think he'll go three. Let's say Ottawa ends up with Tim Stutzel at number three. And, you know, I've heard he's a natural center, but he's mainly played on the wing. Let's say Ottawa wants to keep him on the wing. You can take Marco Rossi at five, and there's your number one center. Or even still, Elliot Friedman was saying the other day that he thinks Detroit is going to take Cole Perfetti at number four. So, with that fifth overall pick, Ottawa can take Lucas Raymond, an incredibly skilled winger from Forlunda, who, if you're not familiar with, is the organization that developed players by the name of, ooh, man, I'm blanking. I think, yeah, Daniel Alfredson. Eric Carlson for Lunda is an Ottawa Senators legend factory. And if they end up picking Lucas Raymond, 
it looks to me like it will continue to be. And even if Ottawa ends up with Byfield, which I think is my preferred scenario, nothing against Tim Stutzel, you still have some some really fun ways to make this a slam dunk draft. So many skilled wingers available. You could go with a Holtz. You could even go with a Jamie Drysdale. An Askarov, if you're feeling a goaltender at number five. I hope they're not, but stranger things have happened. For all my aggravation about how this draft lottery played out, it is damn near impossible to be upset about Ottawa's position. The Ottawa Senators are going to come out of this draft a vastly better team because they're going to come out of it a more skilled team. They have three picks in the first round and I think four in the second round. Ridiculous. Will some of those picks be moved? Yes, I hope so anyway. Move them for assets. Move them for young players. But the Senators could not be in a better spot if they asked. Would Alexi Lafreniere be nice? Of course. Of course. But keep in mind, Ottawa's most likely scenario going into this lottery format was picking 4th and 5th. Their worst case scenario was picking 5th and 6th. Now they're picking 3rd and 5th. That Islanders pick could end up anywhere. It's lottery protected, so it could even end up getting them Alexi Lafreniere. But Ottawa's in a really good spot. A really good spot. Positions of need are going to be filled. The high-end elite skill that the Senators are missing is going to be found. And now you're going to have some legitimate top-end point scorers to play with the likes of Brady Kachuk, of Drake Batherson, of Anthony Duclair, of Thomas Shabbat. And with Josh Norris coming up, with Logan Brown coming up, with Eric Brandstrom coming up, Alex Formanton coming up. How could you not be excited about the future of this hockey club? The last few years have been dark. But the future looks so bright in Ottawa. In Ottawa, Canada, as Brian Five or Six would say. Shout out to him for almost sawing his deck in half. And the reason he almost sawed his deck in half was because before the draft lottery, on Wednesday, the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2020 was announced. In it is Marion Hossa, who becomes a first ballot Hall of Famer, a former Ottawa Senator. I cannot argue with that one bit. Hossa was a phenomenal player. He's got three Stanley Cups under his belt. He deserves that recognition. But another guy who deserves that recognition, that for the fourth year in a row... 
didn't get it for some reason is the Ottawa Senators' all-time most prominent and most beloved player, Daniel Alfredson. Why? I don't know. I truly do not know why it is going to take at least five tries to get Daniel Alfredson in the Hall of Fame. I really don't feel like parroting all the statistics again because I did it for two or three weeks before the announcement was made. The .93 points per games. Ottawa's leader in every meaningful statistical category. Their biggest playoff hero by far. What is the standard? Explain to me what the criteria is for Sergei Zubov, for Guy Carboneau, to be in the Hall of Fame ahead of Daniel Alfredson. And especially this year, Kevin Lowe is going to the Hall of Fame in place of Daniel Alfredson. Kevin Lowe did not hit 500 points in 13 in nearly 1300 NHL games the vast majority of which were played with the Edmonton Oilers dynasty of the 1980s someone called the hockey hall of fame the hockey hall of friends that's funny i don't know if it's totally accurate and i look i don't want to use this as an opportunity to rag on guys that are in the hall of fame I'm too young to have watched Sergei Zubov, Guy Carboneau, and Kevin Lowe in their primes. If people say they're deserving of the Hockey Hall of Fame, I believe them. Especially a guy like Lowe. I, I harp on him for not having the 500 points, but defensemen, stay-at-home defensemen were more common in those days. But someone said that Lowe was considered to be the quote-unquote leader of the pack. On that Oilers team. The Oilers team, who, in case you don't know for some reason, included Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, and Wayne Gretzky. If Kevin Lowe, with the statistics that he had was the leader of the pack on that Edmonton Oilers squad. My question to you is what does that make Daniel Alfredson in Ottawa? Over a thousand points, captain for 50 years or whatever it was. At what point do we recognize that? Sure, let's point to the no individual awards thing. Fine. Then lack of scoring titles, Selkie, whatever. I'm not going to go and look 
and read you the names of all of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame without an abundance of individual awards. Because there's a lot. So if that's not the case, then Daniel Alfredson deserves to be in. And if it's his lack of Stanley Cups that are holding him back, sure. I think that's stupid to hold a team accomplishment as a key piece of criteria for an individual player's entrance into the Hall of Fame. But can you think of another high-profile Swedish forward that is in the Hockey Hall of Fame and did not win a Stanley Cup? I can. His name is Mats Sundin. Does Matt Sundin deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. For sure. For sure Matt Sundin deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. But why was he a first ballot Hall of Famer? And why is Daniel Alfredson still waiting after four years? And better yet, the consensus seems to be that the Sedin twins are going to headline next year's Hall of Fame class in their first year of eligibility. The Sedin twins never won a Stanley Cup. Did they mean as much to Vancouver as Daniel Alfredson did to Ottawa? I would hesitate to... Ordinarily, I would hesitate to take a stance there because I don't follow the Canucks closely. But I would say no. Because Daniel Alfredson's legacy in Ottawa remains untouched. He is a god in that city and always will be. If you're looking at past captains of Vancouver... You talk about Trevor Linden. And he can probably be made as a reasonable case to rival the Sedins. Again, not knocking the Sedins. Phenomenal players. A treat to watch in their primes. That Stanley Cup run in 2011, the run to the final against the Bruins, was great hockey across the board. But the National Hockey League... The Hockey Hall of Fame Selection Committee is running out of reasons to keep Daniel Alfredson out of the Hall of Fame. At a certain point, it doesn't make sense anymore. For what he meant to the city of Ottawa and the Senators fan base alone, Alfredson should be in the Hall of Fame. And it is ridiculous to me that he's not. On Twitter the other day, I asked the athletic writer CJ Stevenson if I was off base in thinking that had Alfredson been a Leaf, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. I asked him if I was off base. And CJ told me I had both feet on the bag. Again, not pointing to a massive anti-Ottawa conspiracy on the part of the media. But the facts are, this is a young franchise in the league. They don't get as much major coverage as Montreal or Toronto. 
So it's going to happen. And that burns me because it's not fair. Daniel Alfredson deserves better. He deserves to be recognized as one of the all-time greatest. I didn't even touch on his international record. Go look up those statistics. For all the love that Eric Carlson still has in Ottawa, it doesn't come close to Daniel Alfredson. It does not come close. At a certain point, whether he played for Ottawa, Montreal, Boston, Kalamazoo, he has to be recognized as a Hall of Famer. I hope next year is the year. But based on what I've seen so far, I honestly don't know. We got a few questions before I have an aneurysm here. The Church of Alfie, fittingly, wants to know, would Sens fans be upset if we drafted all of our second rounders as opposed to using one or some of them for a trade? I think so. I don't see the need to make four selections in the second round. Ottawa's missing high-end skill right now. They're missing guys that can, especially at the on the forward side, that can slot into their top six and make an immediate impact. That'll be filled internally somewhat this year. Guys like Duclair, Batherson, hopefully Norris and Brown. But you got to start making trades for assets. Even another right-handed defenseman I would not be upset about. Maybe you can use a second or two as a sweetener to rid yourself of the Nikita Zaitsev contract and make an improvement. Dude Taylor, who's one of the hosts of the Third Line Plug Sensecast, which is an awesome podcast that you should check out. Do you think fans would have a more positive opinion regarding the SNES jersey if it had a proper logo instead of the lettered Sens? Obviously making reference to the alternate jersey that came out, and I think it was the 2009-10 season. Yeah, it was, because Heatley was still there. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, it had the big ugly sends written on the front. I think so. I think if you looked at it now, it would be dated. But well, 10, 11 years ago, that color scheme was pretty on point. I think it had the stupid 3D logo, like the main logo on the shoulders, though. And I would have rather seen it have the O. But a black sends jersey is rarely a bad thing. And it's a hard thing to screw up. So yeah, I think regardless of what was on the shoulder and whatnot, especially 10 years ago, it would have been looked upon more fondly had it not had the SNES across the front, for sure. My buddy Brian, if Batman was a hockey player, what position would he play and what style of game would he have? This one's tough. Batman would be a stoic guy who, who didn't say much, but also was willing to throw him in, throw himself in harm's way to win games. But even with that's the case, even with him blocking shots and throwing hits and maybe even getting in the occasional fight, whatever, he has an insane amount of skill and precision. I would say a Batman would probably be maybe like a Datsuk or a Zetterberg or a Joe Sakic. 
I would say that would be the kind of player Batman would be in the NHL. And with me being a huge comic fan, I think that's a great way to wrap episode 24 up. Thank you, as always, for listening, folks. I really appreciate it. Thank you for hearing me out as I rant my way through this thing called life. Make sure you like the podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow on whatever it's called on whatever platform you have. Share it with your friends. Download and give me that big old five-star rating. It's a little thing, but it goes a super long way, as you already know, and I really appreciate it. Hope you get some time with the family like I have this week. It was much needed. So have fun. Have an absolutely fantastic Canada Day. Please stay healthy and stay safe. We'll catch you next week for episode 25. Take care, y'all.